Experience the magic of the holidays at the Bull Run Festival of Lights, Northern Virginia's largest drive-thru light show. Drive the festival route from the comfort of your car. Turn off your headlights and just follow the magical glow. Ooh and ah through the winter wonderland where it's always snowing and see the tallest light display yet. Purchase tickets today at BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. That's BullRunFestivalOfLights.com. Northern Virginia's largest drive through light show. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to experience a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, the people's bishop and pastor of Harvest Church. We exist to lead people to totally love God, love people, and love life as one church in global locations. Find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church on our website at www.harvestchurch.church or get our app by texting the word HARVEST to the number 55498. Your faithful giving is how we continue to bring life-giving messages like these to you. Bless what blesses you in our app or online at www.harvestchurch.church forward slash give. Now, let's get into today's life-giving message. Lift your Bibles out. Let's make our confession of faith together. Let's go. I am blessed because the life-giving message I am about to hear will change what I do. In Jesus' name, amen. God, do what you do when you do how you do it because you do all things so well. We're open and we're ready to receive. Speak now in Jesus' name. Release worship for five seconds in this building and online. Go. Come on. Open your mouth. Let him hear you. Come on. Create that sound that was just in this room a moment ago. Create that sound in Virginia, in Los Angeles, in Houston, in Dallas, wherever you are at. The Bible says God is surrounded by angels that cry out, holy, 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 holy. In other words, he's surrounded by adoration. He's surrounded by worship. He's not going to come to no dry environment when he's surrounded by worship. I need to hear you Wednesday. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's go to work. So our series has been group therapy. Everybody say group therapy. In this series, first we learned that therapy means to heal. So we've been healing together as a group. And we've learned that wounds come from actions and wounds come from words. Let's look at actions. Job 16, 14, New King James Version says, he breaks me with wound upon wound. Here's the thing about God. When God really wants to get something done quickly in your life, you don't get a break. For some of you, I need you to understand that when God is trying to accelerate something in your life, it's thing after thing after thing after thing. It's issue after issue after issue. Some of you need to stop saying, what's wrong? Instead, you need to say something amazing is about to happen for me because it seems like every time I turn around, I got another issue. I got another problem. I got, and if one more person starts up with me, you don't want no problems. Want no problems with me. Say wound after wound after wound. He runs at me like a warrior. So not only does it happen uh, in, in, in repetition, but it happens quickly. Watch. It happens quickly. It happens abruptly. One moment you are on top of the world. The next moment you are dealing with a wound. 
One moment you are excited about life, the next moment you have just been stabbed and you are bleeding life. Let's talk. Uh, watch me. He runs at me. Can anybody relate to what Job is saying? When he runs with you, runs after you like a warrior with wound upon wound. But what do we learn on Sunday? And this is what shouted me at the 915, which is why I put it at the beginning of the message tonight, just in case I have to build some shouting time in. When God allows you to be wounded, he could have stopped it. I need you to pay close attention to what I'm saying. He could have stopped you from getting wounded, but he didn't. He could have shut your Judas down, but he didn't. He could have shut your Delilah down, but he didn't. He could have shut that mess down, but he didn't. Which means if he allowed it, there must be something in it that's working for my good. Romans 8.28 says we know all things work together. It doesn't say that all things work. We just know they work together. Could it be that God was using your wounds to turn your world upside down, but upside down was finally going to be right side up? You wouldn't be in church tonight if it wasn't for some wounds. You wouldn't pray like you do if it wasn't for some wounds. You wouldn't worship like you do if it wasn't for some wounds. Can we be honest? You know God the way you know him because somebody wounded you and pushed you to God. I wish y'all would stop playing with me like you ain't never been wounded. Let's open up your mouth and say, I'm grateful for my wounds. I'm... Well, watch this, watch this. It says, he breaks me. So he could have stopped it, but he didn't. Which means if he allowed it, he allowed it for a reason. I need to let that sit on you for a moment. Because many times in life, especially if you grew up in church, you were taught to blame every wound on the devil. You even came up with sayings like this, the devil is busy. No, he's not busy because he can't run like a warrior. How do you know? Job says, God says, where have you been? I've been walking to and fro on the earth. The enemy doesn't run, he walks. Only God has the ability to move at the speed of the wounds you've been dealing with. Which means if God has allowed you to be wounded, there is something out of the wound that you and I are supposed to get. And we can finally heal from it if we would finally deal with it. So look at this. Here's what's shouting me. He breaks me. Here's what that means. It causes breakthrough. Shut up. God says, when I allow you to be wounded, what feels like you're breaking is actually your breakthrough. I'm going to say it again. When I allow you to be wounded, what feels like you're breaking is actually your breakthrough. It's actually your breakthrough. Can I just get you to encourage yourself, lay your hands on yourself, and say what felt like it broke you was giving you breakthrough. What's breakthrough? There's something I want that's on the other side. I can see it, but I can't touch it. Breakthrough says I don't just see it, but I possess it. I don't just talk about it, but I walk in it. And I need you to hear me in your next 12. You're about to see breakthrough. Why? Because he broke you in your last 12. So you can have breakthrough in your in your next 12. But watch me. It not only, not only means breakthrough, but it also means growth. Check this out. God says, I allowed you to be wounded to cause growth. You would not have grown without a wound. The Bible says those that he loves, he prunes. He prunes. And he prunes you when you're fruitful. Check this out. God says, when you're doing good, I cut you. In other words, a cut isn't a punishment. A cut is a compliment. I pruned you because you're doing so well. I didn't want you putting energy into dead stuff, dead people, dead situations, dead thoughts, dead ideologies. So God says, I cut some stuff up off of you so you'd stop putting your energy in what's no longer necessary. 
I'm using it to cause growth in your life. And then finally, it means increase. Check this out. God says, I wound you to cause breakthrough, to cause growth, and to cause increase. And I do it wound upon wound, thing after thing. But now I want to introduce some things I didn't teach you on Sunday. You ready? It says, he runs at me like a warrior. Wait a minute. He runs at me. Look at what that word runs means in Hebrew. He guards me. Shut up. The wound was protection. Shut up. The wound was protection. Uh-uh, 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 uh-uh. The wound was protection. What you thought was actually hurting you, he was keeping somebody else from hurting you deeper. Somebody say, he's been guarding me. He's been guarding me. Yeah, he says, I literally am guarding you. God says, what you thought was you being uncovered and unprotected and vulnerable was actually me guarding you. See, I shut the relationship down because you were too thirsty, so you didn't even know what was going on. So I guarded you. It felt like a wound, but I was protecting you because you didn't know what you were about to get yourself into. And you better be grateful that I cared enough about you to allow you to be wounded so I could guard you. Is there anybody in the building, anybody online that's grateful that God's been guarding you? And the way he guarded you was that he allowed you to be He guards me like a warrior. Watch me. He says, I'm treating you like you're a champion. Look on the screen. He says, you ain't no chump. He says, you a champ. He says, you ain't no chump. Look at the second definition. You a chief. Chiefs don't deal with Indians. You'll catch it in a minute. See, for most of your life, you have fought battles that have been outside of your current grade. You have fought battles that have been outside of your current level. You were 12 dealing with grown people problems. Let's talk. You were a teenager dealing with grown people issues. You, you were a 20-year-old dealing with 70-year-old problems. Who am I talking to? You, you, you were a customer service rep dealing with chief executive issues. Why? Because God says, I've always treated you like what I knew you were going to be. I did not treat you like where you were. I treated you like where you were going. David, I never gave you the battles that regular boys dealt with. I gave you the battles that kings dealt with. Why? Because I saw the king in you before you ever knew it was there. So David's battles were not, you know, David wouldn't fight with little schoolboys. David fought with lions. David fought with bears. What, what, what preteen is fighting lions? See, watch me. His father thought he was punishing him by putting him out there with the sheep. <laughs> There's some people that thought they were hurting you by putting you out they click. They thought they were hurting you by dropping you. They thought they were hurting you by leaving you. And what they didn't understand is you didn't hurt. Watch me. It hurt at the moment. But when I look back, I'm so grateful for what you did because I became a champion because of that. I became a cheap. Are you listening to what I'm trying to tell you? See, Jesse wounded his son. He thought he was hurting David. To put them out there with the sheep. There are people who think they're hurting you with certain things. They think they're hurting you by talking about you. What they don't realize is the Bible says he'll make your name great. Which means my name will never be great if it's not known. So sometimes he'll use a negative to end up making your name great. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Watch, watch, watch. God says, I guard you like a champion. That's what the verse means in Hebrew. So your wounds have been me guarding you like the champion that you are. You ever watch the boxing match? It's always interesting to me. The, 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 the bell would ring, 
They go, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight, they fight. And then the bell would ring, and then they go back to their corners. And they had this whole crew. Now, this is the boxer. But he's got a crew of people in his ear <laughs> saying, you're doing good, you're doing good. Watch out, watch out for that left hook. Watch out for that uppercut. You got to watch out. You got to watch. He biting, he biting, he biting. You got to watch it. They had people that would come and they'd put stuff up under his eye, Vaseline and other stuff up under his eye. You're going to catch it in a minute. Now, he's the warrior. He's the one fighting. And sometimes he's even the heavyweight champion. But yet he's being guarded and protected in between rounds. Round after round after round. Wound after wound. God says, I saw you out there fighting, girl. You was doing your thing. Now come over here and let me tell you, you better not quit. You better not give up. You better not throw in the towel. You better keep it moving. You better keep going. Bing, bing, get back in that round. And I need you to open up your mouth and say, I'm a champion. So watch me. <laughs> watch me. Watch me. Watch me. They come from actions. This is where wounds come from. That verse shouted me. But then they also come from words. John 6, 63. Jesus says, the words that I have spoken to you are spirit. Say, every word is a spirit. Now, spirits transcend time and space. So a word can be spoken to you as a 10-year-old that sticks with you as a 50-year-old. A word can be spoken to you as a 5-year-old that sticks with you as a 25-year-old. And the danger of your words, everybody pay attention. You have to learn how to be quiet when you are angry because sometimes you will say things that will wound people that you don't even see anymore. Can I let you in on a secret? While you have been wounded, your tongue has wounded some people. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. You have said things, we all have said things that have caused and created wounds that transcended space and time. And check this out. Jesus says they bring life. And if they can bring life, what does that mean words can also do? They can bring death. Y'all remember the uh, thing? Sticks and, uh, what's it, how's it go? Uh, sticks and stones. And I break my bones. That's a doggone lie. Because you can get fixed up from the doctor. But those words will eat at you. Because every time you go apply for a job, you're reminded they said, you stupid. Mm. You're reminded they said, you're dumb. You're reminded they said, you're a screw-up, just like your daddy, just like your mama. Those words can wound you. And I need you to open your mouth and say, I release, I release. the pain of words that have wounded me. Say, I command them. Please follow my instructions to, uh, to leave my soul. That's my mind, my thoughts, my will, and my emotions. Because that's where words wound you. They wound you in your mind. So now you're wrestling with a word. You can't sleep because of a word. You're driving down the street crying because of something somebody said. Which is why you have to be careful. The Bible says, watch me, for those of you who love to gossip, can I be honest with you? It's easy to dish it out, but can I tell you, you better make sure you're stronger than strong. Because when it comes back, it's coming back with a vengeance. If you've ever gossiped, just say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me, Lord. Here's what I've learned to do. Shut my mouth about stuff that's none of my business. I need you to encourage somebody next to you. Get a little teaspoon of hood in you and just tell them, say, don't talk about other people. 
Because when it comes back, the harvest is always greater. Y'all ain't gonna shout off of that, but it's right. So what happens? Wounds come from what? Nouns. People, places, things, or ideas. Most of us focus on the wounds that come from people, but let's talk about the wounds that come from places. You can view a whole city as a wound. For years, I viewed Denver as, as, as a wound. I was like, God, when are you going to let me out early for good behavior? I did. I, I said, God, this city has wounded me. No, I'm just saying, I said, this city, is, this city has tried to break me, has tried to destroy me, has tried to make me give up on my call. This, this city has tried to make me think I was not called. But God. I wish y'all would be honest because some of you have had the same thing. There's certain cities, there's certain places where you were like, God, dog. Right? Let's talk about things. Things can, can wound you. A thing, a thing. What's a thing? It's an inanimate object, but it can take on a very, uh, a very uh, vivid meaning. Right? Um, it can be a picture that wounds you every time you see it. Because you were reminded about something that used to be. About something you wanted it to be. About something that you hoped that it could be. Watch me. Uh, things and ideas can wound you. Ideas can wound you. The idea that everything is supposed to be easy if it's God can wound you. Because that's not Bible. So you will think what's difficult, you'll think that something is wrong because it's difficult thinking that, well, God should make it easy. That's not Bible. We live in an entitled culture that thinks everything's supposed to come because I'm breathing. But I think there's some people in this building and some people online that can say, I learned a long time ago, I am not entitled to anything. And what I do have are for two words, grace and mercy. If it was not for his grace, which is when he gives me good, I don't deserve. And his mercy, which is what blocks the negative that I do deserve. I would not be here. I know you're doing amazingly well, but can we tell the truth? If it wasn't for God, you wouldn't have nothing. If it wasn't for God, your business would be tore up. You'd be in an insane asylum. You would have snapped, crackled, and popped all over them people. I need everybody on three to holler, but God, one, two, three. People, places, things, and ideas. Now, watch me. The noun, the noun, and let me tell you why this is so important, even what I just shared. Because I used to view it as a wound until I realized that it was actually the greatest blessing that could ever happen to me. You ready? Say, my wound was the greatest blessing that could have ever happened to me. He was guarding me like a champion. Come on, I'm about to lay this thing out. So let's look. On Sunday, I began to go through some different individuals. Abraham was wounded by Lot, his nephew. Uh, that means, Lot's name in Hebrew means hidden motives. Hidden motives will always wound you because you think it was one thing, and they knew the whole time it was another thing. You, you thought it was friendship. They thought it was lunchship. You thought they were just being nice. They thought they were going to get all your business. It's quiet in the church. Samson was wounded by a romantic relationship. He picked Delilah. Samson was a strong man with a weak mind. He picked women 
uh, and relationships that uh, were bad for him. Delilah's name in Hebrew means one who weakens or makes poor. Has anybody ever picked, come on, let's be honest, right? Let's be honest. Uh-oh. Has anybody ever picked, not just romantically, but, but friendships, any type of individual that fits the description of a Delilah? They made you weak and broke. <laughs> okay? We all have. We all have picked Delilahs. Maybe it wasn't Delilah. Maybe it was Danny. Maybe it was, you know, uh, uh, Devante. I don't know. Listen, I'm just trying to come up with names. <laughs> <laughs> Denisha. Dave. Darrell. Daquan. Delicious. Listen. <laughs> I should go shout on that. We've all picked a Delilah. And here's the thing about Delilah, y'all. The Bible says Samson was madly in love with her. But it never says she loved him. You know why? Because she didn't. You know why? Because she was a skeezer. <laughs> she saw an opportunity with a man headed somewhere, and she figured, let me get on the boat for the ride. Be careful that people don't just attach to you because they recognize where you're headed and you don't recognize where you're headed. If you don't bring something to my table, you don't qualify to sit at my table. I need you to be more selective in your next 12 months. I need you to put people through some process in the next 12 months. I need you to screen some people in the next 12 months. Watch me, even some of your family folk, because just because they're blood does not mean they're family. I'm gonna screen you if you're gonna sit at my table. Noah was wounded by himself and his son. Noah, after the flood subsides, Noah gets drunk. Now just think about how crazy that is. Noah, you built this ark that the people said you were dumb for and crazy for. It rains. Y'all had never seen rain because the Bible says in Genesis that the mist came up from the garden, which means God says, I didn't need to create rain. Watch me. Rain was a rebuke. When you stay in Eden, everything's always moist. Y'all ain't gonna say nothing to me. When you stay in Eden, everything is always well water. The only reason you need rain is because you're in a wilderness and you're in a wilderness because you wasn't listening. So it begins to rain and as it begins to rain, Noah begins to build this ark and people are laughing at him. And let's just be honest, like you building a, a what's a boat, Noah? An ark, oh, you're gonna put animals in it. Or you're gonna get all the animals. Oh. And you and your sons and your wife, y'all finna do this. Can we just be honest? You would look at somebody like that and say they're crazy. They're the type of person where, you know, you just kind of shake your head and then once they walk away, you look at the other person who was hearing what they said or like. <laughs> but watch me. How you know it's God? Because it seems crazy to regular people. <laughs> Peter, walk on water. That seems crazy to regular ninjas. <laughs> but I need you to open your mouth and say, but I'm not regular. I'm not regular. Come on, go on and tell the enemy who you are. Say, I'm a king and a priest. I'm spiritual and successful. I can pray and slay. That's Revelation 5.10. 
Now, I know it doesn't make a lot of sense to you, but you're regular. It would make sense to regular. Right? So, so Noah's building this ark. Then it rains. <coughs> Everything on the earth dies that's not in the ark. Got it? God makes a promise. He says, I'll never again do this to the earth this way. If you look in Genesis, can I teach you because it's with me for a moment? You'll see in Genesis that the land comes up out of the water, which means Noah's flood wasn't the first flood. Because God didn't create the land. He called the land forward. The land was already there, but it was covered, which means the reason he promised to never do it again is because it had already been done more than once. All right? Stay with me. So Noah, the floods subside. Noah and his family, they come out of the ark. It's a sunny day. It's not one of them Denver sunny days where you walk outside and think it's going to be hot, and it's 22. You looked outside and said, oh, it's going to be a good day. You walked out, turn right back around. Look, look. And then Noah plants a vineyard. He plants a vineyard, because remember, everything died. It was flooding. He plants a vineyard to then take the grapes, to turn the grapes into wine to get drunk. Noah, that means you conspired to wound yourself. Because you felt like, I'm going to come for you. You ready? You felt like after all you've been through, you needed a break. But you did not break in a constructive way. You broke in a deconstructive way. Because in your mind, I've been cooped up in this ark with these animals and these kids and this woman. And I can't take no more. So I need a drink. Bishop, what do you mean he wounds himself? He gets drunk. He doesn't have one. He gets drunk. He gets so drunk that he doesn't pay attention to what's going on with his wife. The Bible says his son, Ham, comes in, and the Bible uses this term, uncovers the nakedness of his wife. Uncovers the nakedness of his wife is a Hebrew idiom that, if you have an old school Bible, you see an asterisk there. Let me teach you for a moment. That's a cross-reference that actually says what his son did. His son didn't just go tell his brothers, hey, daddy and they're naked. They were all men. They were family. That wouldn't, have been, that wouldn't have been questionable. What actually happened is that Ham took advantage of the fact that his father wasn't paying attention and looked at his own mother and laid with her. And by lay, I don't mean laid next to. Okay, y'all, did I just have to say it? He slept with his mama to spite his father. There are things that people will do. Watch me. There are things that people will do to try to get people on their side just to spite you. And it may not be physical intimacy, but there's something that they will do to try to gather people to their little thing, to their little crew, to their little cause to spite you. But what you don't realize is in doing that, you're going to curse yourself. Let's go. Because the Bible says when Noah wakes up, he looks at Ham and he curses, not Ham, but he curses Ham's son, Canaan. And says, listen, Ham, I'm not going to get you. I'm going to get your son because that's going to hurt you more. Because watching him self-destruct is going to make you destruct. So he's wounded by himself and then it turns into he's wounded by his son. Are y'all still with me? Moses was wounded because he had unrestrained mercy. 
Moses wanted more for the children of Israel than they wanted for themselves. You ever wanted more for somebody than they wanted for themselves? You encouraging, you sending links, you sending applications, you sending emails, and all, and then you asking, what'd you do today? Ah, oh, I just, you know, I just really was just sitting back. I just thinking it all through, taking it all in. Okay, but what'd you get done? You know, it's just a lot on my mind. I just been driving. You ain't got money to be driving. I don't understand what you. <laughs> You catch what I'm saying? You want more for people than they want for themselves. Like, you're like, hey, do this. It's going to work for you. You ask them two weeks later, did you do that? You know, I ain't got to it. But you keep praying for it. I gave you the answer. And once you got the answer, you don't want the answer. Could it be that you need a struggle because stuff that comes too easy, you don't appreciate? Come on. You ready? So look. So Moses wants more for the children of Israel. And they, every time Moses turns around, these people are starting stuff with him. They're starting issues with him. They're starting stuff with him. They're thirsty. Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. Uh, They're they hungry. Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. Now, Moses, you think too much of yourself. Yes, you the, you the man that got us out of slavery. You the man that got us water. You the man that got us food. But you think too much of yourself. You make yourself a prince. which means You make yourself a bishop over us, Moses. And Moses would keep going to God saying, God, don't kill him. God one time was like, Moses, I'm done. He's, this is what God told Moses. I'm going somewhere with this. He said, Moses, back up, back up, because it's on. He says, this is what he told Moses. He says, Moses, stop praying. He says, don't ask me to do anything else for them. Leave me alone that my anger may burn hot against them. So I will consume them. And Moses, I'll start over with you. And I'll make a great nation out of you. I pray you don't miss your promise because you're trying to hold on to problem, people. <laughs> Moses said, no, God. No, I'm a, I want to keep them. No, don't, don't, don't do this, God. What are the people going to say about you? God was like, Moses, if you keep these people, I'm telling you, this is going to be your undoing. But you can do what you want. Moses fought for the people. Moses got to keep the people, but he never got his promise. Because he gets so angry that one day he beats the rock. The rock was an anthropomorphization of Jesus. He beats the rock. God says, speak to the rock. He beats it. Water comes out. But he says, Moses, you're not going in. You've done a lot of good. But this one thing you did, because you picked problem people over the promise. Here's why you picked the Moses. You ready? You had unrestrained mercy because you don't like being by yourself. Come on, I'm about to come for you. I'm, I'm preaching slow. It's about to turn up in a second. You have unrestrained mercy because in your mind, who's going to do it if they don't? Who's going to be with me if they're not with me? And can I be honest with you? Sometimes God needs to clear the crowd so that you can finally see yourself. Sometimes God needs to show you just how much is in you that you can get done. Even if you feel like you're by yourself. I just wonder if there's anybody in this building or online where you've ever had a moment where you felt like it was just you and just you by yourself. Can I let you know that was actually a gift to you so you can finally see yourself so you would know what's in you so you know what you would be able to do. Do not despise moments of silence. Do not despise moments of solitude. Do not despise moments when it's just you. Because Moses, the reason you really are unrestrained in your mercy is because your mom, you ready? Can I go deep? Your mama, Yoshebed, she sent you off down the Nile when you were a child. So you've dealt, come on here, last Wednesday, you've dealt with rejection and abandonment issues your whole life. 
Because even though she sent you away to bless you so you wouldn't die because Pharaoh was killing the firstborn sons, truth be told, low-key, you're still angry that she didn't keep you with her like she kept your sister. Because Miriam got to stay with you. Aaron got to stay with you. But she sent you. So this is why Miriam and Aaron give you hell later on because y'all are a blended family situation, uh, hybrid family, excuse me, type situation, not blended, hybrid. Got it? So take this out. So Moses, you've dealt with rejection and abandonment issues your whole life. This is why you give people too many chances. <laughs> Anime Bullock in the movie, um, what's up got to do with it? I have not seen this documentary. Everybody in the world is telling me I gotta see. Um, but I saw the movie. And as far as I'm concerned, I'm good. <laughs> Listen, I'm good. Ike was beating on her, cheating on her, lying to her. What the Ikeettes? Like, how one of your girlfriends gonna come in there, hey, Anna, winking at Ike? Okay, y'all, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Now, check this out. I'm, I'm going somewhere. I'm almost done. What's me? Check this out. <coughs> Check this out. And at one of those moments, Jackie said to her, one of my one of my church parents, I got Jackie and Darlene, both of them are from the movie. Jackie said to her, Anna, when are you gonna come out of this? And she said, Uh-uh, you don't do that. You don't walk out on people. I know what it is to have somebody walk out on you. So because her mother abandoned her as a child. She felt like she had to stay in dysfunction as an adult. She has unrestrained mercy because she has rejection and abandonment issues. And she doesn't want to perpetrate to others what has been done to her. Now realizing these are two totally different situations. Some of y'all keep making false equivalencies to things that are not the same. David Absalom is not Uriah. You're going to look at that in a moment. Okay, y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? All right, here we go. Okay, all right, all right. And his brother and sister, Miriam and Aaron, wounded Moses. Moses was the leader. And they wanted Moses to be their leader when they needed him to lead them and when they felt like they needed something from him. But the moment they felt like they didn't need anything from him, then they tried to put him back in the brother category. He was, he was Moses as long as they needed to get out of Egypt and eat and learn and get something. But the moment they felt equal to him, they began to disrespect him and to dishonor him and to speak against him. Moses hell, watch me, Moses ministry hell and Moses hell with the Hebrews didn't come from strangers. All of Moses turmoil with the Hebrews came from his own blood. So imagine Moses getting up leading the people, and then when he goes and deals with his own, they acting like they don't have a clue. Because some of you parents, you feel like, God, I can help everybody else with theirs. But with these in my own house, Bishop, I get more respect from other people's kids. I wish some of you parents would be honest with me. I read your prayer requests. I come up and pray. I know what you pray for. 
but my own. You get more respect from other people's spouses, but your own. You get more respect from other people. Is there anybody that can relate to Moses? He got more respect from others than his own. And that wounded him. Y'all still with me? Joshua had transplanted wounds from watching Moses. Joshua would sit back. Joshua, the Bible says he wouldn't leave Moses' side. So he's with Moses everywhere he goes. So he's like, this how they treat him? This what you got to deal with? Man, bye. Because Joshua, he's the son of none. Nuns mean limitations. Let me see if I can say it another way. Joshua's from the hood. Joshua operated by a different code. Let me borrow something from a comedian. He operated from the I wish code. I wish somebody would. That's the code Joshua operated by. <laughs> so he watches what Moses goes through, and he's like, I ain't gonna talk to me like that, huh? He didn't got God, man. <laughs> Gonna question me. So now, watch me. Some of you, it didn't happen to you. You watched it happen to somebody else, and now you've been wounded by it vicariously. You didn't actually get abused. You watched somebody be abused, and now you have a wound that's been transplanted. Y'all still with me? So now you have an issue with somebody that didn't do anything to you, but because you saw them do it to somebody else, now you have a wound. Y'all still with me? I'm just talking through some of the different wounds. And uh, uh, King David, here we go. We're in the meat of the message now. You ready? He is wounded by a parent. And this is what we dealt with Sunday. Help, I have mommy and daddy issues. Now listen to me. He's wounded by a parent, even as a prophet, a worshiper, a warrior, and a king. I need you to listen to me. Don't think that because you're spiritual, you are exempt from wounds. Don't think that because you're in church on Wednesday, you're exempt from wounds. Don't think because you're a giver. Don't think because you serve. Don't think because you're the bishop, the pastor, the usher, the greeter, the deacon. The el- Don't think that there's something about you that exempts you from wounds. Because here he is. Look, he's a worshiper. He's a prophet. He speaks on behalf of God. He's a warrior. He's a king. But watch what David didn't do. He did not turn his wounds into wisdom. Acts 13, 22. I want you to listen to what God says about David. I'm about to go to fifth gear in a minute. I just want to make sure y'all get it. Y'all with me? Of whom he testified. Question, what's God's testimony about you? She starts good. Don't finish nothing. He gets real excited, but he don't ever follow through. What's God's testimony about you? They tip me. Is that his testimony? Or does he say that one sacrifices for me? And I need you to know you sit next to somebody where God's testimony about them would blow your mind. Because when God looks at them, he says, She's been through a whole lot, but baby, she's a champion. He's been through a whole lot, but he's a champion. I just need you to open your mouth and say, My testimony speaks for itself. 
Come on, let's preach. Of whom I testified and said, this is God says, I, I have found in David, the son of Jesse, a man after my heart who will do all my will. Stop. God's testimony about David is that he's after my own heart. What's heart in scripture in my mind? God says there's something about David where David is after me. And because David's after me, I trust him. I trust him as a teenager more than I trust Saul as a grown man. Because Saul can't be trusted with positions of power. And for some of you, I need you to hear me. You need to get used to being in charge of people that are older than you. Let's talk. You need to get used to being in positions of power with people with more experience than you. You need to get used to being in positions of power. Why? Because God says, I can trust you in a way I can't trust somebody. They may have the degrees, but you got the trust of God. Come on here. They may have the experience, but you've got God's trust. Lay your hands on yourself. Say, God, trust me. He trusts me. That's God's testimony about him. But, but watch me, y'all. But he still mismanaged his wounds. I need you to catch this. Like God's testimony about David is that he's a man after my own heart, but he still mismanages his wounds. And how does he mismanage his wounds? He mismanages his wounds by coping. What did we learn on Sunday? Coping is a functional dysfunction, which means you do it to function, but it's dysfunctional to do it. So what does he do? We learned on Sunday he has addictive behavior. And for him, he gets a false fix through sex. He sees Bathsheba. Come on. He sees Abigail, who the Hebrew says was the most beautiful Hebrew woman to ever live. Like, come on. He sees another girl. Like, come on. He sees another girl. Come on. His son Solomon deals with it even worse because he watches his father deal with it that way. So, so Solomon sees women coming in and out the palace. So now Solomon has 700 wives and 300 girlfriends on payroll. That's too many on payroll. Say addictive behavior. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Say addictive behavior. See, maybe it's not sex for you. Is it food? Is it YouTube? You up at 2.30 in the morning. I just can't stop it. Shit, I can't stop it. <laughs> Somebody say TikTok, right? right? Addictive behavior. Is it food? Can you just not stop eating? Or do you just not eat? Are you addicted to starving yourself? You've been up all day and have four carrots and a piece of... <laughs> <laughs> are you addicted to people telling you good things about yourself and you deem anybody who ever gives you constructive criticism you call them a hater you're just trying to hate on me no I just didn't want your hair looking like that when you came out the house I, I just wanted your edges to lay down I was, I, that's all I was trying to do edges supposed to lay not spray Come on, all right? So what else did he do? He used other people. We're about to get into it. He used other people. He became sociopathic. What does it mean to be a sociopath? You have disregard for other people's, uh, for other people. You have disregard for how it affects them, for how it, it impacts them. This is what he did with Bathsheba. He uses his position as king to say, come here, girl. She can't say no. And then he's like, listen, I want to lay with you. She can't tell him no. Because the only other option is, well, either you lay or you die. That's a pretty easy choice. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So he uses her to get what he wants and then sends her back down. 
with disregard for what this experience has done to her. Come on, y'all, let's go. Then what happens? He becomes deceptive. He becomes a professional pretender. We're going to look at that. And then lastly, he becomes disloyal. So four things, addictive, he uses other people, deceptive, and disloyal. When you're wounded, those four things can become how you mismanage your wounds. You're not loyal to anybody now because somebody wounded you that you were loyalty, loyal to. And so now you're like, I ain't got loyalty for nobody. I'm all about me. She all about hers. I'm all about mine. Y'all still with me? Now, look at this. What does it mean to be disloyal? You hate who loves you and you love who hates you. But most people say, Bishop, I don't. But let me give you the definition of hate. It means to treat lesser. You treat less who loves you, and you treat better who hates you. Let's look at 2 Samuel eleven fifteen. It's about to preach. Verse 15. In it, he, David, wrote. So David writes this letter to his general because they're out at a battle that David was supposed to be at. David didn't go. And look what he tells the general. Put Uriah on the front. Who's Uriah? That's Bathsheba's husband. Who did David sleep with? Bathsheba. Bathsheba was married to who? Uriah. Uriah is one of David's warriors. He's out there doing what? Fighting. What is David doing? Writing the letter about Uriah. So here we go. So put Uriah in the front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so he'll be struck down and die. He's a man after God's own heart. He's a worshiper. He's a prophet. He's the king, but he's a snake. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. He's disloyal because this man that has been loyal to you, you set up so this man, watch me. Can I tell you where your greatest wounds will come from? From the people that you loved greatest. And the whole attempt is to keep you from ever loving great again. But I need you to open up your mouth and say, but that ain't happening, that ain't happening, that ain't happening. He sets his guy up. He says, put him in the front of the fight where the fighting is fiercest. Now, that's how he treats Uriah, who loves him. The man that loves him, he puts out there. Well, let me see if I can make it real practical for you. Because you're like, Bishop, I ain't never put nobody on the front line. No, you just gossiped about him. You just talked about him. You said one thing in their presence and walked out of it and said something else. Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me. Has anybody ever had somebody do you like that and you didn't find out till later that they had uriah you? Okay, but look at, look at 2 Samuel 19 and 6. This is Absalom. Absalom is one of David's sons. Absalom has a coup. What does that mean? He overthrows the government, sends David on the run, and tries to kill his own father because he thinks he deserves his father's throne more than his father deserves it. Be careful with people around you that want to be you. You can be inspired by somebody, but doggone it, be careful with people that want to be you. Okay? Because Absalom is like, I want that seat. I want that seat. So they end up killing Absalom, Joab, one of David's mighty men. They kill Absalom. And look at what David says, or, or look at what they say to David, because David they found out uh, that Absalom is dead. They killed him, K-I-L-T, they killed him. So David starts crying. David gets off the throne where kings belong, and he goes and sits on the ground, and he starts weeping. 
He starts mourning. He says, oh, Absalom, Absalom, my son, Absalom. Your son? What son tries to kill his father to get his father's seat that would have been his had he waited? So look at what he says. So look, so he's weeping, and look at what Joab says to him. You love who hates you, and you hate those that love you. You made it clear today that the commanders and their men mean nothing to you. Because the people that do you dirty, you love them, David. To qualify for your love, I got to treat you like trash. But the people who are always right there, I'm coming down your road now, that are always right there, always doing what's necessary, always supportive, always in milk. Those people, you treat them like trash. What is that trying to tell you? You got some wound issues, and I wish there were some of you that could relate to this situation where there have been people you have been there for, people you've been supportive for, always in their corner, but they didn't treat you good. They treated the people that treated them like trash. They treated them good. Y'all listen to what I'm saying. So, so look, so look. The question becomes, well then, Bishop, how was David supposed to handle his wounds? Because if addictive behavior, using other people, being deceptive, and being disloyal is the wrong way, then what am I supposed to do? Y'all ready? Come on, let's go to work. Because let me guarantee you this, you will be wounded again. Okay, so don't think that the serious group therapy is the ending of your wounds. Hallelujah, my wounds have ended. <laughs> Come March 31st. <laughs> my wounds have ended. No, your wounds have not ended. Somebody said they have not ended. No. Okay. So I need you to know what to do if you're ever wounded again. And you will be. Like that's a promise. Jesus made that promise. Right? So let's look at this. Say how should Bishop or say how should David, excuse me. It applies to me too, though. <laughs> say, let's ask it like this. Say, how should I? Handle my wounds. So here's the first thing. Wisdom asks, where wasn't God first? When you look back on a situation you've been wounded, it's silent in here. Only thing, amen, lights. Only thing making noise is lights. When you've been wounded, you need to ask, where wasn't God first? Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord or the reference of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So whenever you've been wounded, you need to look back on that situation and say, where did I make them God? Where did I make what I wanted God? Because while you mad at that person you used to be in a relationship with, let me tell you where they had to go. You made them an idol. You'd miss church for them. You wouldn't sow for them. God was second, third, fourth, fifth. So then that wounded you. It's quiet. Where was any first? Bishop, where should I put God first? There's these things I teach. I got five on it. So here's the deal. You're not wise if you don't do these five. You say, Bishop, you teach these often. Because if you get these five, you got the whole Bible. Okay? Time. We get to attend church faithfully and build our lives around church. Luke 4, 16. Jesus did it. Treasure. And get to faithfully give. So where in your wound, was there a place in, in that situation you were wounded where you stopped faithfully giving? Was there a place in your wound where you stopped faithfully attending? Ooh, talent. We serve using our gifts and talents to change lives. You see it right there? 
So was there a place where you stopped your serve? I know this is like <laughs> your thirst, prayer, praise, and worship. Why are you so thirsty for people? And then when it's time to praise God, <laughs> you better lift your whole hand all the way. <laughs> right? Like, like, where is it in your thirst Jesus wasn't first? That's your prayer, praise, and worship. Because that's what wisdom does. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if I'm going to turn my wound into wisdom, the first thing I got to do is say, where wasn't God first in this? Because there's probably somewhere my priorities got out of order. And the wound is helping me to see I need to get them back in order. Your testimony. We didn't get to invite anybody and everybody to harvest. See, listen, don't let success make you a person that does not be a soul winner. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. Look, I'm good. I'm, I'm blessed. My next 12, my best 12. I'm good. All this inviting people, you know, that's for everybody else. It's quiet in the church. Some of y'all, you need to screenshot that. Some of y'all need to snap a photo. Some of y'all need to screenshot it at home. Because if you get these five, you literally, this is where you begin to turn your wounds into wisdom with these five. Here's the second thing, and this is where the message begins to preach. Wisdom finds lessons from wounds. What's the lesson? Somebody say, what's the lesson? lesson? Proverbs 8.35. For whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Let's preach it. Whoever finds me, this is wisdom speaking. So when it says me, it's not talking about a person. This is wisdom speaking to you. And wisdom says, if you find me, you're going to find life. And watch me, you're going to get favor. Let me tell you how you know things are going to work out for your favor. Because I learned the lesson from my wound. Let me tell you why you have favor in relationships because you were wounded in relationships and you got lesson from relationships. Let me tell you why you have favor in business because you were wounded in business and you learned lessons from those wounds and now you have favor. On three, everybody holler favor. One, two, three, favor. That's the way you live. Favor is better than money. Why? Money will get you a doctor, but favor will get you help. Money will buy you a lawyer, but favor will get you justice. Y'all still with me? All right. Here's the last of the points. To find the lesson, pray for wisdom from every wound. So here's what we often are good at celebrating. I got over. I made it out. I made it out all right. I made it over. I made it under. I made it through. I flew by. I walked around. Like, we're good at that. But did you ever ask God, God, where's the wisdom in this wound? Wisdom is a shortcut. Wisdom is the appropriate application of knowledge. So you can be smart and not wise. There's a lot of smart people that aren't wise. They can give you the answer, but they don't know why it's that way. They are easy to criticize. There's some people, there's some people, I was having a conversation with my leaders yesterday, and and we were talking about a situation, and I just said, I don't even want to hear no more about that. I don't hear no more about that, because when I see that particular individual, I said, I I don't even want to hear no more about that. I said, I don't want to hear no more about that. I said, I said, and here's why. Because there is no wisdom that emanates from that place. So what wisdom teaches me is is just keep it moving. Because to keep talking about that, I'm not going to change that. So what I need to do is keep it moving because that ain't going to change. And that's not my job to change that. Y'all still with me? 
Okay, all right, let me give you these points. I'm going to shout you because some of y'all are like, we're going up, we're going up. James 1.5. If any of you lacks wisdom, so your wounds reveal to you the areas of life where you lack wisdom. How do you know that? Because here's what we say. Had I known then what I know? So wounds reveal where you lack wisdom. Okay? So what does the Bible say? Let him ask God who does what? Who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. So anytime I've been wounded, I look back and say, okay, God, where's the wisdom from this wound? Where is the wisdom from this wound? Open your mouth and say, Father, in Jesus' name, where is the wisdom from every wound in my past? I didn't go through it just to survive. I went through it to thrive. Come on, prophesy. And my next 12 will be my best 12 in Jesus' name. Let me have you release a worship for three seconds. Go three, two, hey, one, hallelujah. All right, let's go. So how does God give you wisdom from your wounds? I want to make this so, pra- I wanted to make this message so practical. Because when you get wounded in the future, I don't need you to, oh my God. I need you to be like, You got to do it like that. When the South, you lick your teeth like that. <laughs> what they doing? I don't really know. It's just something that they do. <laughs> and you got to say, I'm good. What, am I, what are you about to do? Oh, do you, you, oh you're so hurt. You've been through so much. Uh-uh. Don't, don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> don't cry for me. <laughs> uh-uh. I'm about to get some wisdom out of this wound. I'm about to profit from my pain. I'm about to monetize this mess. I'm about to take what the enemy meant for evil and it's about to work for my good. And for some of you, here's why you know your next 12 is going to be your best financial 12. Your wounds owe you something. I said your wounds owe you something. I need you to open your mouth and say my wounds owe me something. Three ways that when you pray for that prayer of what we just prayed, three ways God's going to answer that. Here's number one, your leader. Your leader. So when you pray for wisdom from wounds, first way he's going to give it to you is through a leader. Not through a leader, through your leader. That's important. Jeremiah 3.15. I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Guess what understanding means in Hebrew? It's on the screen, open book test. Wisdom. Which means part of the reason that we come to church, yes, we worship, yes, we give, Yes, we fellowship. Yes, we serve. Yes, we do all of those things. But I am also getting wisdom about my wounds. I'm finding out why I had to go through that so that I don't have to be bitter about that in my future. I'm finding out how God is using that and making it work for my good. You got it? Okay, so so that means wisdom, you are taught wisdom. You are fed wisdom. How many of you can be honest that this series has fed you some wisdom and helped you with your wounds, right? That's my job. You got it? My job is not to sit up here and entertain you. It is not to sit up here and just tickle your ears because the Bible says that they would uh, raise up those that because they have itching. That is not my job is to give you the word so that you can get some wisdom from it so that you can go out there and rule and reign and conquer and subdue. And then when we come back in here on Sunday, we celebrate. Let me tell you what God did for me. 
Let me tell you what this week was. Let me tell you how God's been good. Let me tell you how he's making the way. And even if I don't see it yet, I got some wisdom from my leader that tells me it's about to get better. Why? I prophesied to my life and I said, and my next 12 will be mine. All right, here's the next one. Labor, 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 labor. Ecclesiastes 10.10. 10. The, if the axe is dull <laughs> and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom brings much success. Now that's good. So when I pray for wisdom from a wound, get it from, a lead, from my leader, but then watch this. But then he says, <coughs> but, but, but if your axe is dull, in other words, sometimes Sometimes you have to go through process to finally learn. Because you heard it preached, but didn't do nothing with it. So then you had to go through process. You had to go through labor in order to learn the wisdom of it. Let me prove it to you. There are some lessons that you've gone through, uh, some wounds you've gone through with your finances, so now you have a different approach. So when other people are trying to impress other people buying stuff, you're like, I, look, I ain't trying to impress none of y'all. Now I'm one of you. There are some lessons that come from your wounds, and they come through labor. You had to go through it to get to it. Are y'all still with me? Okay. He says, if your axe is dull, can I say it another way? If you sometimes act a little dense. You ever been around somebody that didn't get it? Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> been, ever been around somebody a little dead? Right? Just didn't get it. Just didn't get it. You're just like two and two, and they keep bringing you apples. You know, you're like, you know, one, two, three, and they just over here. So here's what God says. I will let you go through labor sometimes. Can I say it another way? Sometimes I have to birth wisdom in you. Which means, watch me, when you birth it, it won't leave you because it's your child. So there's certain things you have to go through to birth something in you. Let me tell you why you're so compassionate. You had to birth that. Let me tell you why people come to you and ask you what, you sh what they should do. Because you had to birth something. And I need everybody that's ever gone through some labor in here not to be mad or angry over your labor. But to thank God for your labor. Why? Because it was producing wisdom for you. Here's the last one. Here's the last one. Loss. So when you ask God, God, give me wisdom for my wounds, leader. Labor, here's the last one, loss. Somebody say loss. loss. Ecclesiastes 1.18. For with much wisdom comes much sorrow. The more knowledge, the more grief. Now, now, what does this mean? Let's think back over what you lost in some of your wounds. Because this is our last night of therapy. So let's just take a moment to think about what you lost. Think about what you lost. Think about what you lost. Think about it. You thinking? Give me some lost music, please. I don't know what that means. Let's figure it out. Lost. Lost. Money. Opportunity. 
fight is need, strength, vision, power, a sense of purpose, a sense of belonging, a sense of protection. I want you to think about some of the stuff that you've lost from your rules. You got a few things on your mind? Online, I need you to type a few. It's our last night of therapy. And every good therapist knows first, I need to open you up before I can close you back up so that I get it all out of you. So when you get up out of here, you walk out healed. For a moment, we're done. For a moment, I just want you to think about some of the stuff that your wounds took from you. Just think about it for a second. On, online, I need you to type it. Come on, Facebook. Come on, YouTube. Come on, Periscope. Tonight's the last night of Periscope. Periscope is being retired tonight. It used to be the hottest thing. Let that be a lesson. Hot now don't mean hot later. That's why you have to be consistent. Because the wave that made you might be the wave that crashes. Just think about what you lost. You got to know your mind. Matter of fact, can I just, can we do this? Can I have you close your eyes? Can I just have you close your eyes for a second? Just think about what you lost. Think about what you lost. Just think about it for a second. What'd you lose? What'd you lose? What did you lose? What did you lose? What did you lose? What's no longer with you? Who's no longer with you? Who did you think would always be there and you ain't seen in years? What did you learn to live without because you thought you'd never get it? Just think about it for a second. And I need you to make this declaration saying, and I'm at peace with that. Mm, I don't believe you. I need you to say it like you mean it. Say, and I'm at peace with that. Come on, we're about to go up, but I just need you to Settle this within yourself. Say, on this last day of this series and this month, I make peace with what is no longer with me. I make peace with who is no longer with me. I declare, come on, y'all say it like an army, and I declare, it was for my good. Come on, Wednesday. Come on, in this building and online where most of us are, I need you to be at peace with it. I, need, I don't need you mourning over it. I don't need you sad about it anymore. I don't need you crying over it anymore. I don't need you saying, why me? 
I don't need you saying why did it have to happen. I need you to be at peace with that. Open your mouth and say, I'm at peace with it because it's working for my good. In Jesus' name, I just need you to stir yourself, stir yourself, stir yourself in this building and online. Stir yourself, stir yourself. Everybody in the building stand. Everybody online stand. Say, Bishop, I'm at home. Stand up. I love you. Let's stand. Say, I'm good. I put a period. I need y'all to talk to me online. I need you to type it as fast as you can type. Some of you may just have to type it in tongues. Say, I put a period on everything that has wounded me up to this point. On this last day of this month, this last day of this series, this last day of this quarter, I put a period on it. Come on, Wednesday, because I'm about to get you ready for your next. I'm about to get you ready for your next. But I need to make sure that you settle your past. I need you to make sure you settle your past. I need you to make sure you settle your past. Say, I'm good with it. It's working for my good. In Jesus' name. Can I get you to lift your hands? And can I get you to say this? Say, I release bitterness, hurt, anger, pain, frustration. I release that. There's wisdom in my wounds. There's wisdom from my wounds. And that's what I'm walking in. They made me wiser. They made me stronger. They made me better. They made me more spiritual. They made me some money. They made me into a blessing. They made me a curse breaker. They made me a history maker. They made me a line crosser. They made me a boundary breaker. And my next 12 will be my best 12. And my next 12 will be my best 12. Come on Wednesday, do you believe that? Come on, the month's about to change. The court is about to change. Your life's about to change. Your life's about to change. Your life's about to change. Come on, YouTube, your life's about to change. Come on, Facebook, your... <laughs> say on period. Say it, y'all. Say on period. So the last few days of this month, and as we were preparing to end this series, I walked back through all the messages, and I began to put periods on stuff. I began to close doors on stuff. I said, I'm good. I'm good. I began to say, you know what? I didn't even realize that was still a wound. I'm good. You know what? I didn't even see that. I'm good. Listen to me. Those wounds are now wisdom. People will pay for wisdom. I said, people will pay for wisdom. 
Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. If you're in this experience, you can be seated or you can stand. In this experience, if you need to give your life to the Lord, today is your day. You're not watching this by accident. You're not in this building by accident. Secondly, if you give your life to the Lord, but you've not been faithful to him, today is your day to recommit yourself to the Lord. Thirdly, if you're like, Bishop, I don't know where things stand with the Lord. I want you to be sure today. Don't, don't take life for granted, y'all. I just want you to remember a year ago, you were, we were all in the house. <laughs> Lining up to go in a grocery store. Stacking up on tissue you still ain't used. You got paper, you got enough paper towel to take care of your whole, your whole block. But you made it. And if you have a pulse, God still has a plan. So if you need to become a Christian, recommit yourself a little or be sure. In this building, I'm going to ask you to wave your hand. Online, I'm going to ask you to just say it's me or do the hand wave emoji. I got digital ambassadors that are standing by. One, God's coming to get you. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. One, two, three. If that's you, hands up in this building. Online, I want you to do that hand wave emoji. It says me. You need to become a Christian. Recommit yourself to the Lord or be sure. No guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Say those three words with me. Say no guilt, no condemnation, no shame. Everybody praises with me. Say, Father, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for your love for me. Because of this belief and because of this confession, if this is my first time praying this, I am now a Christian. If I was far from you, I am reconnected to you. Great days are here for me. My wounds are now wisdom. 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 I put a period. I'm good. Starting April 1st, I declare, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And it's time to accelerate. And it's time to accelerate. And it's time to accelerate. In Jesus' name, amen. I need you to take out your phone if you pray that prayer for the first time or recommitted yourself to the Lord. Text the word decision with the phone number 55498. When you do that, we're going to shoot you a text message right away to show you how to make Christianity your life. Did you make a decision to become a Christian for the first time or recommit your life to Jesus? We want to help you make Christianity your lifestyle and not just a hobby. Text the word decision to 55498 to let us know about your decision and we'll send you amazing resources to help you know what to do next. We're praying for you and congratulations. The rest of your life will be the best of your life. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews. So you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.